So we're here today with Kelly Young, Executive Director of Education Reimagined, and Elka Joshi Hansen, Associate Director of National Outreach and Community Building for Education Reimagined. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about Education Reimagined and basically your relationship with Einikal and why we're all here? Yeah. So Education Reimagined is committed to having lear- what we call learner-centered education, and actually we heard a lot about that in the front speech by Susan, yeah. uh, making learner-centered education available to all kids. Um, and we do three main things. We uh, share the vision and help people see that there's an, another possibility for a future of education that is unlike the one that we've all grown up in. Um, number two is we identify and amplify the work of pioneers like you guys and others around the country as well as the work of our NACL. Um And three, we convene people um, to actually have those pioneers have the, uh, the conditions in which they can begin to build the new systems and structures as well as build the conditions that would allow for learner-centered education to thrive. So one of the things that we have heard a lot about from different people, that it's not a how-to, but you are talking about creating those conditions and having that vision, that seems to be like one of the most common threads here at Einikal, is about having those vi- those visions and that, that North Star, as it were, and that is how you think about things and then you set up the other things and it may look different for me it look maybe different for the district next door and that's okay as long as you're having that that vision and you're striving towards that so that's one of the keys so it's 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 really nice to hear that we are all on the same page (laughs) so okay you you're part of this uh, about um, community building so Mm -hmm. can you explain how that works uh, on your end and I think for me I think that's one of the ways that districts could do a lot better is Mm -hmm. with that community building than rather than just our insular building system administration right how does that work and what's what is some advice that you could give to people to help with that community building So I think what you just mentioned in terms of the work of schools and districts engaging community is a really big component. In terms of the work of Education Reimagined, when we think about community building, um, it goes back to what Kelly said. We really support and focus on the work of pioneers like you who are doing the work. And we believe that it's always going to be the practitioners who are building out this new vision. We do a lot of work with the pioneers to help them meet and to kind of have the conversations that help them do their work. And we hear from a lot of you that there are these external conditions in terms of external systems that you can't control, that you feel impede your work. And so from our perspective, the community building and outreach is around convening the system level players um, in ways that are going to help you have the conversations, the practitioners have conversations with them around what needs to be done, what needs to change, what needs to happen to kind of create the conditions for you to do your work. So that's how we think about community building is really creating the space for practitioners to have conversations with system level actors to be able to kind of um, develop the solutions and the conditions that you need. So one of the things I like most about Education Reimagined is exactly what you just said about getting those people together and having those conversations. Uh, we were talking with somebody yesterday, I forget who now, do you remember who? We talked with a lot of people. We talked with a lot of people <laughs> it yesterday. It what comes next in but Yeah, so it, it's really about putting everything out on the table and having those discussions, even if they're awkward, even if they're difficult, 
but really owning that, that we, there, there's a lot we need to talk about. If we're really going to do this learner-centered work and, and really personalized learning, we need to have those discussions. And it's not just me as a district administrator and teachers in a building and principals in a, in, in, in a, in a larger system. It's everyone. Yeah. And we need to own it. And how are we going to build that next vision? And again, one of the things I like most is you're creating that space for that to happen and then making that happen. <laughs> because it, it's, it's not going to happen otherwise. You, you yeah. get a busy day-to-day -day life and it just doesn't happen. So how successful has this been for you? Uh, I know Education Reimagine has been around about five-ish years. Two, actually. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a number. Just seems like forever. <laughs> so... How successful has it been, and what do you think some next steps might be for, for Education Reimagined, and, and how how you can support people at Inaco? Yeah. So one of the, the hypotheses we made when we launched was that it would be a value to the field to have people who are in a new paradigm meeting together exclusively. Um, because, as you know, when people use the terminology personalized or competency-based or deeper learning, they are referencing a whole spectrum of different kinds of implementation. And what we would say is it crosses between two paradigms, school-centered and learner-centered. So there are people who are innovating in the current model to make it more efficient, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the same work as actually transforming the system to fully different outcomes, um, where, it's, you know, where you're actually doing real systemic change. When those people are, are mixed together, it's very slow conversations you actually are debating what, what you are up to and, and what is the final goal, as opposed to when we get just learner-centered people together, or just school-centered, but we only do learner-centered, um, they actually can roll up their sleeves and like get to work, as opposed to debating the fundamentals. And so we launched with that as a hypothesis, not knowing if that would be useful for folks. What we have discovered is that conversations go a hundred times faster when people um, our learner-centered. Then the other hypothesis was if we had some shared language, would that help it go even faster? And I think where the um, people are still evolving in their usage of it and their facility with it, but when uh, we just had a site visit with I think, uh, seven different learning environments, went to Iowa Big and Cedar Rapids, and having that shared language, oh my god. I mean, we went so deep, so fast, on a site visit that they were like, we ne we get all sorts of observers coming in and like gawking, kind of like looking at what we're doing and being like, oh, that's so cool, but we'll never do that. Uh, they were like, this was the first time people had come and actually been able to challenge us to think further than where we already are, Amazing. as opposed to pulling us back and wanting us to fit into the old system. So I think what we're learning is that the, our success is, is that, this distinction learner-centered matters right. and facilitates conversations and where we're going next is to really figure out what are the conversations that really busy people can have um, and that are meaningful that both advance the work on the ground as well as the movement as a whole. But if I can, if I can sort of add one thing, and I realize this is actually a connection to your first question, right? But our other operating theory is that you're not going to be able to do a top-down kind of implementation of learner-centered, right. Yep. right? That it is going to emerge out of communities having conversations about who they are, what they need, where they're learners, how are they going to do this, so that it's those networks of practitioners together that are doing the work. And that's a really 
different mindset to the one that I think most of us are used to thinking about when it comes to transforming or reforming or improving education, where our, our bets in the past have been, if we can find this one solution and then scale it, right? That's everyone's question. How do you scale this? Right? And it's scale in this like vertical sense of how do we, or top down sense usually, as opposed to scaling being almost like a... Um, the sort of budding of different things in different places um, and they're all sort of they look different they feel different they have the commonalities of the language that Kelly described in terms of the mindset of learner-centered and then the elements that we play with and I think we're hearing we're hearing a desire to do that right as we think about equity as we think about community engagement as we think about kind of bringing authentic voice um, and we, you know so I, I feel like we hear that and I think for most of us, the difficulty is going to be maintaining that commitment to it's got to emerge. It's going to look different. I don't know what we do about comparability, which seems to be everybody's favorite term, right? We standardize so that we can compare. Yeah. And learner-centered kind of speaks to the need to not standardize, which means that we're going to have to think differently about how we assess quality and how we think about making sure that every kid is getting high access to a high-quality education, knowing that it's going to look different. So I think some of those things are really that, that vision or those, those core tenets that you believe in. Then that's how you compare. Is you can, if you can identify some of those tenets in every place, then, then you're doing the, the right thing. You're doing what you need to be. But my place could look very different than your place. Yeah. And you're right. The comparability part is going to hang people up. Yeah. It's not, that's not it. You have that vision, and you have those pieces that you adhere to, and it can be very different. And in my district, you have three different high schools doing three different type of things, mm -hmm. but we're all heading in the same direction. And it looks different for them. And it took me a while to figure out, well, that's okay. I don't need to control exactly how it looks, even though that's easier for me because you standardize it, right? My job is easier. Instead, but that's not the right thing. So we have those tenants that we adhere to. We do that. It's messy. We, we have to be okay with that as educators. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but that's where I think we can do that that comparing is looking at those tenants. Can mm -hmm. you identify yeah. whatever it is? Exactly. How that's actually measured? You got me. Uh, whoever comes up with that is going to be a genius <laughs> and make a lot of money. <laughs> that's, I don't know. No, we have no don't idea. say that. Don't, no, there's no, no one no. person that's going to come up with a solution. The, and that is but, exactly right. But right I think there. it's Kelly. I mean, I think it's, it's the site visit, right? I think that I think what we saw during that visit, you could imagine this being built out, right? Where you have these networks of 10 to 12 schools that are all visiting each other, engaging in really deep conversations about the learning and the work that they're doing and how they can improve and how they can get better. I think of this as like a fractal right it's the sort of thing that we say we want kids to be able to do we want you to learn we want you to engage we want it to be messy we want you to try and not do as well as you could and then try again and and we're okay with that in learner-centered and I think we've got to build up to be okay with that at the school level and then at, at what it looks like for a district to do that work right that it's messy it's kind of living it's living out as adults the things that we say that we want for young learners um, We're nodding our heads vigorously <laughs> right now. It's like, yes, this is what it is. We're adults. We're just adult learners. Mm -hmm. yes. And we are going through the same process as the kids that we're trying to, to get an education. Why isn't that our... That's us too. Yeah. It's yes. always yeah. us. Yeah. So my, my, my last question anyway is, how do you feel that this is 
it different than two or three years ago? It, do you see a movement being more? Do you see more people interested in this and willing rather than just, oh, personalized learning is a fad, it's going to go away, and all these people that are talking about personalized learning will go away? Is there any difference from when, when you started? Just more of a gut sense because there's no measuring that, but what do you yeah. think? So, um, yeah, we think things have changed a lot just in two years, and they've in, in two fundamental ways. So, one, we are seeing an uptick in the number of districts and schools and learning environments that are, that are trying this, right? Um, the other thing we're seeing is a proliferation of people saying they are doing it, yep. um, which is um, who are actually maybe doing something else, right? Doing the same thing, but rebranding it. Um, so there is an, I think we see an actual increase in the number of people who are really transforming education and a whole lot of people saying that they are who may or may not be doing that. Um, and so I think that poses two, two, two challenges. One, how do we create the systems and structures that, um, that actually support the these transformational innovators so that it isn't the Herculean effort that it is right now to be serving two masters, right? Of doing the standardized, having all the systems designed for standardization, but yet what you're doing is this other work of really um, creating unique pathways for kids. Um, so one is, is that, and there's also not letting people go and look at the people who are just rebranding and say, I saw it, it didn't work, it's no good, we've got to try something else. So not letting that kill the movement. Yeah. Um, you, you use the term North Star, right? And I think that, I think we see that as part of our work and the work of pioneers who are learner-centered is to hold that definition and to be really true to that, right? And not let it slip, not let things slip to where a bigger and bigger pot of things is called learner-centered, right? Because it, um, yeah. It can easily devolve into other things. Yeah. And just because you talk about it doesn't mean you're doing it. I, you know, I would say the other thing is, to the extent that this is a paradigm, right, it is a paradigm shift, and learner-centered as a paradigm reflects a lot of what we see in other spaces and places in our lives, right? People are much more into individualized health, individualized That's kind of like, true. you know, so there, there is a sort of desire, I think, individualized senses and definitions of success of meaning, of fulfillment, right? That there, that there is this kind of thing happening, I think, in society writ large, yeah. where people are more open to the idea. And my hypothesis, actually, is that millennial parents are going to be parents for whom this idea of education needs to fit my kid, and it's not my kid who needs to fit this box of education, I think it makes intuitive sense to them in a way that maybe it didn't even for me as a parent, and certainly not my parents. Um, and so I think there's this... There's this merging, converging of a lot of things, of social factors, of what people want, of what we're hearing the world needs, right, and what kids need to be prepared for, um, of what AI can do, right, artificial intelligence can replicate a lot of the things that school-centered was really good at, 
and actually what Learner Center does is develop deeply human capabilities, right, right. That, um, that are what we need. So there's this really interesting pulling together in this moment that I think makes Learner Center an answer that feels a lot more realistic and a lot more, if you want to be pragmatic about how you make the argument, it's a lot more pragmatic to make the argument today than it was 30 years ago, right? where this was like this fluffy progressive thing that hippies right. did. So, <laughs> And now it's a real thing. Thank you very much for this conversation. It has been wonderful. Yes. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly and Alka. And thank you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.